You are now tuned in to the Jags Den Podcast, the official podcast of the Jaguars Wire, brought to you by USA Today Sports Media Group, and also the number one Jaguars podcast on the airwaves. Hello, Jaguar fans. Welcome back to the Jags Den Podcast, the number one Jaguars podcast on the airwaves. I am your host, Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino, and joined... And I am, uh, of course, as always, joined here by the Jaguars Wire guru, the Don, the boss, the man himself, the myth, the legend, James <laughs> John. How are you doing today, bud? It's good to good to be get back to work here after uh, after the draft, and of course, some very very shocking news dropping today that we're going to get into. How are you doing today, buddy? Yeah, man, I can't complain, man. When you were like the myth and the legend, man, I, I thought you were about to say like Gardner Minshew or something. Like that. <laughs> I was about to say, wait, hold on, we got Gardner on the podcast too. That's right? our new boat. That's new. Oh, we need to do that. I bet you he's super accessible right now. I'm gonna tweet him. Yeah, we should. And not only that, man, uh, we should get some uh, shirts made for those who haven't heard. We got a Gardner Minshew Facts account. It's called Minshew Facts for those who want to follow it. But we should probably get some shirts made for like training camp or something so we can get at him or something. You know, what? we're going to be first first on this hype train. I know I actually know already a few people that would definitely want to get on this bandwagon with us early because uh Minshew's coming guys and there's nothing you can do to stop it. So <laughs> absolutely <laughs> <But> yeah, not. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, it's good to be uh back to work. Of course the draft has come and gone. We are now approaching rookie mini camps and some very shocking news dropping today about linebacker Telvin Smith, which is the bulk of what we are going to be discussing here this afternoon. We'll get into that here shortly. Of course, make sure you check out the site at jaguarswire.usatoday.com. The site handles are Jags Den Podcast, the Jaguars Wire. Make sure you follow Jay at sportsgrind underscore Don, our colleague underscore Jay Della, and myself, Phil the Filipino, F-I-L-I-P-I-N-O. And of course, make sure you're checking the podcast out on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and also we are on the Audio Boom Network via USA Today. And if you guys feel so, uh, uh, so so generous in your hearts, make sure you drop a review on iTunes as well. We would really appreciate it. But of course, as we start every single show, we're going to get some quick hits out of the way before we get into the main topics. The Jaguars have come to terms with four of the 2019, uh, 2019 rookie selections before rookie minicamp, which starts tomorrow, which is May 10th through Sunday. Um, of course, we've signed, and then those signees have been tight end Josh Oliver, running back Ryquel Armstead, quarterback, the GOAT, the new boat in town, <laughs> and nose tackle Don Tavius Russell. We assume Josh Allen will be coming down the pipeline soon, as news broke recently that. Uh, um, Kyler Murray had just signed his contract very recently, and um, those numbers will pull up here a little bit later. Kind of gives you a little bit of an idea what maybe Josh Allen's going to get down the line. So those were the the players that they have come to terms with, and they have they actually made a few cuts to get the roster down to 90 players and to clear up some cap for those rookies. Among them, and, and some of the most notable are quarterback Cody Kessler, who got a few starts here. This past season, running back Dave Williams, linebacker Blair, linebackers Blair Brown and Donald Payne, Parker Edinger, and fullback offensive lineman Parker Edinger, and fullback Dimitri Flowers. So, any kind of any, any surprises from you, Jay, of, of those getting cut? I think probably Cody was not so much of a surprise, especially after Gardner Minshew coming in. Maybe a lot of people maybe thought it would be Tanner Lee, although I, I don't even think he's actually on the roster, or, or the he was not, he was never really on the active roster, I don't believe. But mm-hmm. any of those cuts uh, uh, surprise you, or anything like that? Any surprises from those names? Yeah, like you said, kind of, kind of Kessler, uh, because like I said, and you already alluded to, we were thinking that they would cut Lee before him, and I mean, like, really, the thing is, Lee didn't really show anything. I think the last week against the Houston Tech since week seventeen. I believe they made him active, but he didn't. Uh, he didn't make the act. Uh, what was it? He was. Um, he was one of the ten players that didn't dress, if you will, or, or however many players didn't dress uh, that week. But they put him on the active roster, if I can recall correctly. I could be wrong. And then he didn't dress, so he was one of the uh, ineligible players, if you will, for that week. So yeah, you know, 
as a, I mean, as for uh, Kessler himself, uh, I would, I mean, but the, the thing with Kessler was always like, just like people were making the excuse for Blake Bortles, if you will, like, you know, he played behind a bad line too, Cody Kessler. So like, we, I don't know if we really saw the best out of him, so to speak. I'm not a Cody Kessler fan or whatever the case may be, but I'm just saying like, I would have kept him because he played behind a ragtag offensive line just as well as Blake Bortles did. So it would have been interesting to see what he can do in other words, behind a healthy offensive line this year. But obviously they see something in Gardner Minshew. They talked about his IQ. They love his IQ. So he has something to do with it and maybe you know they like what they've seen out of Alex McGuff uh during uh phase two and phase one of the offseason uh and they probably like uh what they're seeing out of Tanner Lee as well so those three will battle it out but uh really no surprises there Dimitri Flowers doesn't shock me because they're not really going to use a fullback in this offense with John DeFilippo um Donald Payne uh maybe like Blair Brown because of the Telvin Smith situation now yeah Blair Brown was Bit of a surprise to me right but need i remind you that happened before telvin smith broke the word so right. if the jaguars were truly which i don't know if they truly didn't know what was going on with smith or not i tend to think that they had a clue uh but we'll talk about that later uh but still uh you know i would have held on to blair brown just no with all of the uncertainty going on with telvin smith whether they knew or not i would have held on to blair brown but, you know, that's neither here or neither there. And then Dave Williams uh, is a guy that, you know, I would have liked to have seen more out of last year. Uh, they let him play towards the tail end of the season. They really give him a lot of snaps and carries. Uh, but, you know, he's a guy that I believe had more upside than a guy like Thomas Rawls, who hasn't touched the ball in like a year and some change. So, uh, I mean, no, really not really disappointed, so to speak. Uh, but, you know, it's just a few guys in there that I may have held on to a little bit longer than they did. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting, again, with Cody Custer, and, and, you know, as we mentioned, as you mentioned there, Jay Blair Brown, maybe that's a name that just, he's about to pack up, and then he's like, hey, hold on, uh, really quick, just uh, <laughs> come back in, into my office uh, really quick, let's let's have a, let's have a talk, so right. we may come right <laughs> He might back. get signed tomorrow, right? Yeah, uh, <laughs> so we'll see what happens there. Cody Custer is interesting because, you know, he's a guy who's just never really gotten the, the right opportunity. I don't think... I think when it all come, when it's all said and done in Cody Kessler's career, it's just going to be a big question mark because we don't really know what what he could have been because of course he had he had his situation in Cleveland and then he comes down here and just really just cleans up the scraps of a just a, a, a an entirely disappointing team riddled with injuries and who knows what he he could have been so that one was a little bit surprising but um, of course as we uh, you know as we mentioned rookie minicamp is is coming up and we'll have an opportunity to see see some of those guys in action i know we're excited to get you guys some up-to-date reports and, and how all that is going but you know we just wanted to get those couple of things out of the way and of course we want to talk about the news of the day which revolves around linebacker telvin smith um telvin smith released uh, an instagram post here today i'm going to read it to you guys in full um here's what he put up and this was a few hours ago. <clears throat> Excuse me. It says, it was said to me from a great coach that in order for the man to be his best, he must get his world in order. At this time, I must take time away from this game and get my world in order. I must give this time back to myself, my family, and my health. I appreciate all the support I will and will not get. I just ask you all respect my decision to not play football this season. I know the rumors of trade talk came about. But I started my career in Jacksonville, and the day I decided to call it quits, it will be right here in Duval. I love y'all, and even in my time off, it's hashtag 10 toes down. You feel me? Love. Um, the Jaguars then later released their own statement via their social media. We will not have a comment about Telvin Smith's statement at this time. We need to have a conversation with Telvin to understand the situation and the circumstances. If there is a way we can support him, we need to understand that. So that is the official statement from the team. Um, this this really kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, of course, there was that news a few weeks ago, Tom Coughlin calling out very, uh, whether he say want to say it's, it was directly or indirectly, I don't think he really mentioned name, names. I don't remember, but uh, I know, you know, Telvin, 
and Jalen Ramsey not showing up to the volunteer, volunteer mind you, volunteer uh, minicamp. So it was okay that he did not show up. But we had a we had a pretty deep discussion about that. Um, but they, it's just been a little strange. They they fallen out of contact with him, had not heard from him from a while for a while, and then this news comes out. So Jay, what was your first reaction when you when you saw this news break from Telvin Smith? Yeah, I was shocked. And at the same time, I wasn't shocked because of a couple days ago, he was on Instagram live, you know, saying that he was going to have some breaking news later on throughout the week. And like when he said that, you know, that that immediately sent a lot of people into, uh, you know, thinking about what it could be. You know, some people were thinking it was like a drug related suspension uh, or, you know, some people were thinking it was contract related or, you know, a couple guys got paid a lot of money at the linebacker positions during the offseason, like Quan Alexander amongst notables who, you know, there is a discrepancy in his contract and Telvin Smith's deal. Uh, nonetheless, Telvin Smith is still like a top uh, three or four paid linebacker at his specific position at the outside four three linebacker position. Uh, so, you know, that there that was on the table that it could be that. Uh, and, you know, a few people even thought about retirement or, or stepping away from football for X amount of time. So, yeah, I was I was surprised. Uh, but like I said, so at the same time, I wasn't completely shocked. Um, but Telvin Smith is, you know, he's a guy that that me and you have talked on uh plenty of times you know whether it be us praising him and uh, his abilities to make tackles or you know his struggles through coverage uh, but he's a guy that you know we really like on the Jazz Den podcast and being that he's from my area and you know he's a he's a good role model at least for the Albany and Valdosta area uh you know he's somebody I've watched carefully and you know it's it's uh I will say this like I am uh happy that he does have the ability to step away from the game albeit we, we don't know how long it might be forever or just temporarily uh but you you worry about him and not just him but just players in general me and you have talked about the movie concussion before you worry about players health in general and this sounds like this what this might be a case of which me and you discussed the pro football talk article uh you remember that time where he had concussion a concussion in 2017 uh, he was let right. back into the game and come to find out they had to pull him back out of the game and they kept him out for, you know, game right. yeah, yeah. For like two more games after that. So, you know, that was a big question mark thing. And a part of me wonders if that particular incident is what's leading up to this. Like he said, he spoke with a coach, you know, and um, the coach probably gave him that speech that, hey, look, you know, the body is a temple. You got to take care of it. And uh, maybe, you know, that's something that he considered heavily. I know he if I'm not mistaken, he does have a child and that could play a big role into this thing. Like, you know, hey, you want to be able to lift your child when you're 35 years old and you don't want to have all of these uh, scary things that we're hearing about CTE, uh, you know, as you're 40 and 50 years old. And, you know, that's something that maybe he took back and took a look at and considered. And if he did, you know, I'm I'm very happy that he did. You know, because we care about these these players as people as well. And if that's the case and he comes back or he never comes back, you know, you, you can't blame him for uh, the situation, in my opinion. Here's what I would like to say about the situation, because, you know, of course, and, and, and we told you this before, guys, we see everything. We see all your comments. We see in the mentions we see on Facebook. Yep. We may not always yep. respond, but we're we're watching. We we see <laughs> all of it. Okay. Yep. Some of the reactions, of course, people just being trolls. And right. as somebody myself and who has loved ones that have dealt with mental health issues, if you don't have anything positive or supportive to say, just keep your mouth shut. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. It's like it's bigger than football. Like I think that's the big part of this. Like a lot of people are, you know, that they, they, you could tell their response, their mind is on winning a championship, bringing a championship to Duval, and not so much worried about Telvin Smith the person. You know, and I, you know, I I hate to kind of say this, but the Jaguar statement kind of, you know, it's very. It's I, I wasn't a fan of it. Right. I, it's right. It's very just right. dismissive because 
Sure. Okay. Listen. I mean, you know, and we're we're fresh off the heels of Matt Johnson up and not telling his boss that he quit his job. But yeah. that was he did that publicly, you know, in front of a bunch of reporters. This, even though we kind of had an idea, like I mean, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but but still, you want to. And you know who's and, and this is this can't be understated as well. You know who's watching how the Jaguars handle this? All the players in the rest of the league. Because this is gonna be very important because you're no one's gonna come here or want to play for this franchise if they mishandle this. Right. You know? Right. And Jalen Jalen has already come out and AJ Boye, I believe, commented on the on the post and immediately voiced their support. And it's gonna be very important how the Jaguars as a franchise handle this from the Mm -hmm. front office. Right. And, um, you know what? I applaud Telvin. I hope ultimately everything is okay. And like we said, this is a game you guys. Yes. We're passionate about it. We're hardcore fans. We love this team as if they were our own frustrating children. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Tell me about it. It's, it is a game. Yes. They get paid a lot of money to play a game, you're worth what somebody is going to pay you. That's that there, you know what I mean? So that just because it's a game and they get paid a lot of money does not, just like you said, does not sort of separate them from being their own people. They still go home and have issues at home or Mm -hmm. they're still happy or they have things in their past that they have just ignored for the longest time. These things are still going on. Even though on Sundays they put on a jersey and 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 smile and and, and high five you and, and wave to you and stuff like that, you know. And so, right. <clears throat> like I said, if you don't have anything positive or uplifting or supportive to say or anything constructive to say, I'll put it that way. I don't. We don't. I don't want to hear from you. I'm gonna be honest. I don't want to hear it. So we we of course will monitor this situation over the next few days. We'll see what's what happens. But ultimately, and, and Jay, I'm sure I can speak for for you. The Jaguars wire in general. We just hope that he is he is okay. Look, look at look at Rob Gronkowski, who's you know he he walked away, and because he, he just wants to be able to enjoy his life and, and walk around. Right. Yeah. Because he's very beat up. Rob Rob entered the league beat up. That's why he was a second round pick. Now people, a lot of people don't understand that. <laughs> yeah, he, he was beat up and coming look at into the opposite it. Side of a guy who ultimately never got the help in an Aaron Hernandez. You know, yeah. that's, an, that's an extreme situation, I understand. But complete, you know, a, a situation where he never had anybody, a coach in this instance with Telvin Smith, who I, I, we don't know. And, you know, a lot of this is going to be speculation because we don't know what's going on, you guys. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Right. And But I, I, I feel like probably it's probably somebody from either maybe he, he knew in high school or somebody at FSU is what I would have to guess, somebody right. that – that he's talking to. Mm-hmm. Um, but look at the opposite situation of guys who don't get that kind of help. And um, I did see something very interesting. I think it was, I think it was Pete Prisco who said something like that. The, the, the departure of Paul Puzlesny really affected him. Um, oh, sure. He really got to Puzz. And, and I think this, I think that have, not having that presence around definitely affected him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. He cried during the man's retirement ceremony, man. Like it was a it was a big bond between those two, man. Trying to find the exact statement, but just to kind of give you guys an, an, an idea, because ultimately, of course, we're talking we're talking football here. This is and, and yes, we have taken our shots at, at Telvin for but n- nothing can be taken away. He has been an outstanding player for this for this team. One of our favorites, for sure. One of my favorites and a very and a great guy. I mean, we've met him on, a, on multiple occasions. Really great guy. Loves this community. As you said. <laughs> yeah, man, you feel me <laughs> That's like every other word that come out of his mouth. bro. Like, yeah, I feel you, bro. <laughs> To, uh, from too far away from here, so he's he's really one of us. So this is um, um, this uh, Warren Sharp tweeted out this. Uh, one of he's one of only thirteen players in NFL history to record hundred plus tackles in each of his first five seasons. He's also the only player with at least one hundred tackles, two interceptions, one fumble recovery in each of the last three seasons. Only fifteen other players have done that. Even one of the last three seasons. This is the kind of player that Telvin has been. And yes, there have been talk with, of course, bringing in Josh Allen, you know, maybe there, maybe even that was some of the rumblings too, is, is maybe a trade about to be about to, about to happen. And one of the most, um, 
iconic images that I always remember of Talbot. And you know, where he still he still might come back. I don't want to speak in absolutes here, but just the image of him in London, standing you know with Shad Khan and and um, and Mercedes Lewis. Yeah, locking um, arms. Locking arms. That's one of my favorite images of. Uh, of, of him so you know like we said and we just really hope hope for the best for for telvin and hope that he's able to whatever's going on you know get everything everything together it's uh that's what's most important for right. sure All right so so yeah in terms of uh like a, a lot of people have been asking this too and we're not trying to by any means dismiss uh telvin or anything and not taking his situation severely again like he's from the 229 like me you know i feel like i feel like he represents our region well in terms of you know a person and a football player uh but one like one of the questions we've gotten is like you know what what do the jags do in terms of uh like replacing him or like how do they move on from this if if indeed they didn't see it coming so i mean you know that's a question as to you know I, I don't know like i feel like they they felt something was coming i don't know if they necessarily thought it was going to be this and possibly health related but i felt like they they felt something was coming they prepared for this because they drafted and i said this on twitter when they drafted quincy williams in the third round a small school guy late in the third round i think that was telling of you know them preparing for some kind of news or some sort of you know just the the unknown them preparing for the unknown going forward so you know they got him he could play weak side linebacker even though you would prefer to have Telvin there over a rookie but you know they got Quincy Williams who would be a good uh weak side linebacker and then like uh Phil said they have Josh Allen you can always move Josh Allen to the strong side and move Miles Jack to the weak side where Telvin played, by the way, where Miles Jack has played very well at Telvin's position when he's been needed to play there and put Jake Ryan in the middle. And then, you know, you have a trio right there. So, you know, they have options. It appears the Jags, you know, they they did consider life without Telvin Smith and they, they you know, they they did prepare for it at least for a year. And we'll see, you know, what they do going forward. But again, like Phil said, most importantly, we just hope the man is okay in terms of his health. Most importantly, right? And and you know that that quote unquote replacement, you know, might be the name we just mentioned earlier in in Blair Brown. Of course, the guy that's already familiar with the system. And keep this in mind as well, guys. If that when that Instagram live video came out, you know, and it, it's it was kind of telling because he's and then when this came out today. He's probably been thinking about this for a while, you guys. This isn't—he didn't just come to this decision just now. He's spoken about it with his family and whoever this this coach is, this mentor. Mm-hmm. And you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he's talked to Puzz. You know what I mean? Like I said, we're all, we're just speculating. We're speculating right. here. We're, we're just speculating, and uh, we don't we don't know. But he, he this this does not strike me as a out of nowhere decision he you know and then you, you have another guy that comes to mind when you look look at this kind of situation is josh gordon he's a guy who's just trying to figure himself out josh gordon if fully committed to football is probably you know probably one of the best receivers in the league mm-hmm. but he he just does not have his mind right and he and he knows that and good for these guys just for stepping out and saying you know what I need to take care of myself before, you know, putting myself at risk. And ultimately, guys, what is just going in, just going into willingly going into a car crash every single weekend? That's what these guys are doing right. to their to their brains, to their bodies. They're just physically jumping into a car crash every single week. And these guys are like, you know, what? no, I got to, I got to take care of myself first. And mm-hmm. you know, kudos, kudos to them for doing it because you don't want anything tragic to happen like right. you have seen from. Unfortunately, way too many stories from multiple athletes, not just football players. You know what I mean. So this is a story we we uh, we hope ends positively, but if anything has prevented a tragedy, you know what I'm saying. So yeah. hopefully that that's what comes of that's what comes of this, and we ultimately hope to see number fifty back on the field very very soon. So yeah, those are our thoughts, you know, on the Telvin situation. Jay, anything else you want to add before we get to our our next quick topic? Nah, man, that's that's pretty much it. 
All right. Well, of course, we we haven't really gotten to discuss the draft, you and I, since since then. I did not watch the draft. I was watching Avengers Endgame, which I won't spoil anything because, Jay, I know you have not seen it and somehow managed to avoid all spoilers, which kudos to you. I don't know how you've done it. <laughs> Every time I see something that says Avengers Endgame or hashtag Endgame with that logo on it, I just like swipe past it real fast. What you need to do on because you're on, you're always on Twitter, you need to go and mute those words and then they won't show up at all. That's, That's true. Yeah, um, I so, thought about that. Uh, but I did not get to watch the draft. Uh, I was attending Avengers Endgame. I had a 11-year uh, <laughs> date. Uh, <laughs> that was a <laughs> planned date uh, that I had to <laughs> that I had to um, attend to. However, getting out of the movie theater, very excited and uh, seeing that we were able to land Josh Allen. And I don't know if you're on Reddit, Jay, but I, there's a video on the Jaguars Reddit of a, a, a Texans. Um, some some guy, some Texans, either podcaster or reporter, talking about the Jack Horse draft and ask and then wondering how we keep getting away with these this this thievery in the draft every single. Year. <laughs> That's a good and question. He, he was just so mad at the Giants for for making that pick <laughs> and having Josh Allen fall to us, you know. So um, I I'm very excited about it. And, you know, and of course, with this recent news that it, that, that pick does help help that, uh, you know, help that just uh, a little bit. Um, but, you know, what we really want to focus on is the depth chart on offense uh, following the draft. We, we did spend an early pick on tight end Josh Oliver. I know there was a lot of talk around here about TJ Hawkinson, who won just a couple of picks later. But hey, when you have a and, and hey, Hawkinson may have been the guy. We 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 don't really know. But when you have Josh Allen there, you're like, holy crap! Right? Yeah, let's take. And even <laughs> like you know, Allen. like me and you discussed about the whole thing about Haskins being there. You know what I'm saying? Like if Haskins, you know, even Josh Allen even had a better grade than Haskins. So like he gives us a reason on this podcast not to be mad that the Jaguars passed on passed on Haskins because I mean like I, I was going to be mad regardless but when I saw Josh Allen who if you look on Jaguars why I had nothing on Josh Allen because I thought he would be gone okay I thought he was going to be going top four picks of the draft at least maybe top five at the worst so like you know it was him still on the board and like I wasn't even mad about them passing up on Haskins for him because he was such an elite talent I mean of course I know about him being a Georgia fan and watching the SEC, but I'm not like it's not a situation where we we're gonna be mad that the Jags took Taven Bryan over uh what, what was it uh Lamar Jackson last year. This is a little bit different in my opinion. It reminded me very much of the the year we got Jalen because we were I was terrified that Dallas was gonna take him. Same. And same. as soon as I heard Ezekiel Elliott's name called, I was Ecstatic. Of course, being a Cowboys fan, I was happy that he they had gotten Zeke. But then that meant that the guy that we had coveted was there. And this is it's, but it's a little different, Jay, because we didn't covet this guy because we didn't think he'd be there. No, <laughs> we didn't. Like, we didn't. <laughs> so shout out to to Mike Mayock and John Gruden for whatever the hell they're doing. <laughs> the New York Giants <laughs> and, and, and and to the New York Giants and uh, what's their GM's name? Guy from uh, Gettleman. Yeah, Gettleman. <laughs> Shout out to those three men for um, <laughs> for allowing a, a guy like Josh Allen to fall into our laps. We really appreciate it. Not so much the rest of the AFC South, but the we we here at the Jaguars Wire certainly appreciate it. But we, what we really want to more focus on Jay is the offensive side of the football. Um, some of those picks, including Josh Oliver, uh, running back Ryko Armstead, and of course, as we mentioned, future Hall of Famer. Gardner Minshew in the late in the later rounds. So Jay, you know, I was looking at this depth chart on offense. I know a lot of people were kept, kept one of the comments we kept seeing on the, especially on Facebook. Why are we taking a receiver? Why are we taking a receiver, guys? We have nineteen receivers on the. <laughs> right. I think people forgot that Marquise Lee is still on the team. I genuinely think people forget that he's still on mm -hmm. the roster right. and just took DJ Chark in the second round last exactly. year. Exactly, the guy. Who, who you feel like could have probably been a number a first round pick and you and you stole him in the second round just like we probably stole um Jawan Taylor <laughs> right dude what is with us in steals these last three years man 
So, you know, we still have him. You, you hope that Keelan Cole can have a bounce back year because he still he flashed early on this season. Um, and then all of a sudden just the drops came, but and then his rookie year he looked he looked great as well. And you know, we, we still we have we have plenty of wide receivers. So give us a little preview, you know, of, of looking at the offensive depth chart now. Of course we got our quarterback. You you hope and, and you pray that the offensive line is healthy. And I even heard I can't remember who it was. Um, I can't I can't remember who it was um, that I was listening to on ESPN radio talking about it. This line stays healthy. There's no reason why Leonard Fournette can't just run all day, you know, you know, assuming that he's healthy. But right. looking at the offense after the draft and after free agency, how how you feeling? You know, what what do you what do you think about about the, the offensive side of the football? Yeah, I mean, like, I guess we could start with the quarterback situation, you know. Um, you know, Foles is a – and this is part of the reason – it's funny you were speaking on this. This is part of the reason with uh, the receivers, why the Jaguars, in my opinion, why they didn't get a receiver is because they probably felt like the issue wasn't so much the receivers. Yeah, they had drops and whatnot, and they struggled, but they more so felt the issue was probably more so quarterback than receiver. So as much as, you know, me and you and, and, and Jacob, you know, have been on record for saying we didn't agree with the money they threw at foes, there's no doubt that he's an upgrade over Bortles and he probably brings more consistency to the table. He definitely brings somebody who can consistently throw a spiral to the receivers. So, like, when you look at the quarterback position, it is upgraded, albeit they spent a lot of money to do that. You know, they, you know, again, like, you know, the big thing with us was if you get Haskins, you know, you could save money to sign a Yannick Ngakwe or sign Jalen Ramsey this year, which that was the kind of the big deal with that situation. But, you know, nonetheless, you know, they got foals. He's definitely an upgrade over uh, Blake Bortles. It's just, is he that much of an upgrade in terms of the money over, over Blake Bortles, which remains to be seen. Well, the only time will tell on that. So uh, the, the quarterback position basically trickled down to next, which was the running back position. They added, what, several guys in free agency. They got Alfred Blue. They got Benny Cunningham, uh, both of whom I think can make the roster. If y'all seen my uh, roster breakdown and my predictions. Uh, and then they got Armstead, who is that's a guy I'm going to talk on because, you know, it's, it's a little bit coming away from the draft. And, uh, you know, we're still into that draft stage, that draft talk. But Raquel Armstead is basically like Leonard Fournette, a one cut and go guy that, you know, is a guy that when Leonard Fournette goes now, he could be the workhorse, the number one for this offense. And I, I basically it's like I said on last podcast, I just see him as insurance, if you will, for Leonard Fournette. And, you know, he'll be in what year three next year. Fournette will be. And he's had this friction with the front office. You know, this could be a backup plan, definitely uh, to replace Leonard Fournette if they decide to part ways from him uh, later down the road. And we all know about the issues with them battling him for his contract guarantees. So, you know, that's just something to keep in mind there. Um, so moving on to a receiver, as Phil was saying, uh, again, with foes there, I think they were comfortable with what they had. And they, I mean, they've already praised before the draft. They praised the addition of Chris Conley. Uh, so, you know, you, you had to think that like they didn't have a receiver on the top of their list, but, uh, that being said, they also have D.D. Westbrook, as Phil said, you know, a guy that really if D.D. Westbrook with a decent quarterback could be. Because I forgot about him. See, that's why we have too many. We have so many receivers. <laughs> right. Like, it was no need to get a receiver. And like after uh, or should I say before the third round, it was no need. I mean, you could even argue after the third round, it was no need to get one either. But with, you know, with Nick Foles, I think, you know, D.D. Westbrook could be a thousand yard receiver and you get somebody as much as an upgrade i'm just speaking in hypotheticals somebody like a you know you upgrade to somebody of tom brady's caliber dd westbrook is probably you know top three receiver in the league with him yes. you know what i'm saying so that, i mean just just hypothetically thinking so you would think dd westbrook's gonna get better he's gonna be one of the top three receivers on this team and that's crazy to say because he's so talented you would think he's penciled in as the number one or two he might be their starting slot guy going into this whole thing. Um, they have DJ Chark, who they praised a little bit in the, the fashion of Conley in terms of him being a height, weight, speed guy. He could be – they. I feel like Tom Coughlin, at least from his statements, feel like he could be 
the new Allen Robinson just faster, if you will. So we'll have to see how that goes. But they they highly praised is what I'm saying. They highly praised this receiving core going into the the draft. So I wasn't surprised that they didn't get anybody. Um, so I'm thinking that that position is going to be Chark, Westbrook, um, Conley, Marquise Lee. That's four right there, and maybe like uh, Tyree from uh, the the undrafted guy Tyree that they got. And uh, from Marshall as the fifth guy, but we'll see. And Keelan Cole, I forgot about Tyree. Keelan Cole. <laughs> Not David Tyree, right? Different. different no, <laughs> that guy's retired, right? Uh, I'm probably. <laughs> <laughs> that, was that the guy that caught the ball off his like yeah, helmet? Got, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Tom Coughlin could get him out of uh, retirement right. just for one one play in the Super Bowl. Hopefully, <laughs> in, uh, get him to come. But right. yeah, I, that's it's just so many. Like we said, we there's so many. So many receivers already, and then of course we'll have you touch on the offensive line here in just a moment, which is is really going to be the most important thing to all of this because it doesn't matter if any you know if any of it works, none of it works actually without the offensive uh, offensive line. But yeah, and I totally forgot about Chris Conley too. Yeah, so you know, and I I was really excited about that about that signing. I think what what it does, and then you bring in Josh Oliver, who is a a pass catching tight end. He's not as flashy, of course, as the the Hawkinsons or the who is the other guy from Iowa? Um, the no uh, I, I forgot his name. No offense, or the 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 guy from uh, from Alabama wasn't really a name that you were hearing a lot about. But uh, it's an, another pick that a lot of I know a lot of draft analysts were very very high on. You get him in the third round, and just from seeing his when you watch his tape, guys, when you watch it, it's not flashy. It's not going to be flashy. But he he catch he catches the ball. He's a he, he's a good pass catcher, right. and that's what Nick Foles needs from all of his years. You know, with that with with that um with that success with with Zach Ertz. Just look at what he just did in Philly. So getting that guy who's reliable mm-hmm. was very very important. Right. Or, yeah. The thing about the tight end position, Phil, and I don't mean to cut you off, is like it doesn't necessarily have to be flashy. In fact, a lot of the marquee tight ends, like everybody, ain't gonna be like. Travis Kelsey you know what I'm saying like the 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 finesse tight end if you will you look at guys like Jason Witten you know who who got the job done he he definitely isn't the most flashy guy he I mean like he he creates he has he finds creative way to get separation but he's not a guy that's gonna dust somebody and leave somebody in the dust you know he has to be creative and it's all about ball placement and this that and the other with him you look at Gronk was it Gronk wasn't flashy by any means Gronk was like Mike Ditka out there. He was a modern day Mike Ditka. He was straight. He he, his thing was up the ball and then ran you over. Yeah, That's like <laughs> it, it was nothing flashy about Gronk. I don't care what nobody says. Yeah, he he had some athletic traits, uh, but he was a pretty much straightforward type of tight end. So yeah, when you look at that position, man, like you don't necessarily you're not looking for a Travis Kelsey all the time per se or a Jimmy Graham per se. You know, and and for that reason, I think Oliver should be fine. Look at that. I think if if Josh Oliver ends up being Mercedes Lewis or or a Ben Watson, then, then you won. Then you got it. Then you <laughs> right. got great value. You know what I mean? I would love for Josh Oliver to be the next Ben Watson. That be I would I would be so ecstatic with with, with that. I would love that. Uh, you know, so or um, or uh, you know like uh, some of the other guys you you like Jason Witten. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the, the, he doesn't. Doesn't need to be flashy. It just needs to be a good pass catcher. And hopefully, with all these speedy wide receivers running around, and that's a lot of. I mean, I, I'm thinking about sets out there with that have Marquise Lee, DJ Chark. You know, we got, you got we're not even we'll take Marquise Lee out, but just Chark, Westbrook, and Conley out there. There's some fast guys running around out there. You know who's going to sneak out underneath it, over the middle? Josh Oliver. That's who's going to dump the <laughs> right. for six yards, and then it's going to be. You know what I mean? And that's what we're going to see. Over and over again, we're gonna. I'm I'm okay with us nickel and diming people all freaking season, all the way to the Super Bowl. I don't care, and right. you know that's what, what we, the Patriots I, do. They nickel and dime people when you get down to it. And you know what? We're we're early, and of course. We'll have our own our own episode down the line where we talk about predictions. But guys, I have this. I I I, I we we open up with the Chiefs, and eventually all this stuff is gonna catch up with them. What's it? Uh, Tyree Kill is not gonna be there next you year. You would think. I, he's not going to be. I, I think they're just waiting for the next step, and I, and he's going to be he's going to be put on the commission, commissioner's exempt list. I'm pretty sure very very soon. So you know you lose Kareem Hunt, you lose Tyreek Hill. Yes, you still have 
Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. But that kind of that kind of production can't just now they did just draft a guy I believe out of Georgia, out of Georgia is that who, who Kansas City got they did get a guy very similar to Ty Tyreek I think they were they were expecting this to 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 happen you know so they were they're getting prepared but you know you get it out that's the that's how you got to beat teams like Kansas City especially when you're constructed the way Jacksonville is right. you got to slow the game down and that's how you do it when you bring you know your offensive line is healthy you get Leonard Fournette and Armstead out there and just run the ball for four or five yards and then you dump it over the middle to to D.D. West, D.D. Westbrook on a streak or or dump it off to you know to Oliver you know over the middle so, so that's what that's how you got to beat teams because you're not going to outscore. You're not. You're not right. going to out. You're not gonna run with them. You know what right. I mean. You're not. Gonna yeah. Out. Yeah. I don't mean to cut you off. The thing you said something very interesting about Tyreek Hill. The reason why the Jaguars struggled so much against the Chiefs was because of Tyreek Hill. Now you take like him, that guy that could take the top off of coverages out of the equation. The Jaguars can basically, the way I see it, they can cover the Chiefs now like they covered the Patriots when they beat them in Week Two. You know, they could kind of treat it that way. You know, you could stick a Jalen Ramsey on Kelsey if need be. Or, you know, like they, they even did that in the AFC Championship against the Patriots. You know, you can, you know, it's different things you could do with Jalen Ramsey now because he ain't got to worry about Tyreek Hill blowing the top off the coverage now. So, like, that, that whole dynamic of not having him in Andy Reid's offense and Kareem Hunt, like you said, just changes the whole dynamic of the thing. And the the receiver, uh, by the way, you were referring to that they got from UGA McCole, uh Nicole Hartman, Miko Hartman, uh, who again, like for you to expect him to do what Tyreek, a veteran, was doing, you know, week one of the season against a defense of the Jags magnitude or against cornerbacks of the Jags magnitude, that's a lot to ask Realistic. for. Yeah. So, yeah, like they, you know, if you're a Chiefs fan, like you're looking at that week one game, you're like, uh, I'm a little skeptical on that. Despite the odds, like that might be something somebody we need to look into the odds on that game because we might can win some money off of that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I digress from my point. Well, different podcast. We'll talk about that somewhere else. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we need to get it. We need to get a numbers guy on here and just talk to us about, you know, sports betting and teach us, teach us his ways. <laughs> that's Nick's so, thing, man. Nick could probably tell us yeah. a little something about that. Yeah, that's what we need to do. But yeah, you're absolutely, absolutely right. You know, to have, to think a guy can do And remember, listen, the score ultimately did not turn out very well, but we were out of, we, we were in the game up until Blake Bortles bortled. Okay. Yes, the score did not turn out to be great, but we held the defense was doing everything they could, but they were getting nothing in return from the offense. So you bring in, you know, you you hope that Nick Foles doesn't hit his freaking offensive lineman in the head and it results in an interception. You know, so (laughs) if you think that if anything, Nick Foles is running the, you know, running out, running out the clock and moving the ball down the field. So, you know, I'm very excited to see that matchup when the, when the, when it first came out. I was like, oh, crap. Well, there, you know, there's an 0 one start, but then I think it's at home <laughs> as well. But now, now you look at it a little bit, a little bit differently. So, of course, you know, on the offensive line, Jay didn't, um, of course, the addition of of Jawan Taylor, which we we got in the second round. That was a guy that people were pegging, you know, were were putting in to us with with the seventh pick, mm-hmm. and we ended up getting in the second round you know how you know how great of a uh, you know he we we necessarily we were leaning more towards winning jonah williams but hey if the the guy the other guy is there that everyone keeps talking about in the second round you take him and you, and they got him you know how do you right. feel about the offensive line going in even though we're a little questionable about the back aj can yeah man like the depth is night and day like when you look at the depth and you look at everybody back healthy you know the depth and this line in totality is kind of night and day different from what we saw last year, man. You got Cam Robinson coming back. Uh, you got Andrew Norwell coming back, uh, both of whom were on IR to end the season. You got Brandon Linder, who was on IR, coming back at center. Uh, like you said, Can is a little bit questionable. But the thing about Can is, if you notice, when he had the other starters, the pure starters around him, you know, he was fine. Or, or, you know, you, you could kind of hide his deficiencies a little bit more when it was more starters around him. But you put A.J. Can with a group of four other backup guys 
Of course, it's going to look horrible. And I'm not the biggest AJ can supporter by any means. All I'm saying is he should be better because the talent around him is better. I still think they need to replace him. But that's another story for another time. And then, like you said, you got J1 Taylor coming in who should be the starting right tackle. Or it could be Will Richardson, you know, if he doesn't pan out that way. Uh, I guess we'll have to see. But you would think that you can pencil in J1 Taylor there. And going back to Will Richardson, you know, now that that offensive line is filled out with starters, now like the guys that got time last year on the field as a result at the backups as a result of the guys being the other guys being injured they now have experience under their belts too so now the depth is a little bit better when you look at you look at Tyler Shatley who had already gotten plenty of starts before last year uh he's coming back they re-signed him uh he's a guy that could replace Linder or play guard if need be uh one of those guys that just offers versatility he's gonna be back he's gonna be better uh they got Josh Wells back who is kind of meh but again, Josh Wells has more starts under his belt after last year. Uh, he also ended up on IR, if I'm not mistaken, by the end of the season. So you got guys like them in the backup role. You got Will Richardson, like I said, in the backup role at offensive tackle as well, who's a young guy we got in the fourth round who has starter potential. You know, that that is now a backup because of Jawan Taylor, the steal that he is. So uh, you got guys like that now. On that second layer, on that second stream, you got guys like Bunchy Stallings, who could be an undrafted guy, an undrafted gym, a guy I've seen a lot of at Kentucky. He helped Benny Snell to get three consecutive 1,000-yard seasons at Kentucky. I don't think a lot of people realize that Bunchy Stallings was a key part of Benny Snell, who went to the Pittsburgh Steelers in the draft. He was a key part of his success. So you got him. He could be a gym. And we've seen Tom Coughlin put – uh, undrafted gems on the offensive line in his uh, his offensive lines in the past or on his rosters in the past, like Rich Newbert, who he won a Super Bowl with for crying out loud. So I really uh, I real I feel way better about the depth now, especially with the starters got with the starters back into the equation. And I, you know what? I think like this is a, a, a area where you don't really have to worry about as opposed to last year, because um. It looks like they are good, not only with the first string, but they have second string guys that have plenty of experience under their belts now. It's the best time of the year, right, to be a Jaguar fan from April to (laughs) August. (laughs) When we get to, like, the end of August, we're going to be, oh, it's going to be dry podcasts, and we're going to be pointing fingers at Tom Coughlin again, wanting Marone fired. (laughs) Until week three of the preseason when Nick Foles throws two interceptions and we're like, ah, damn it. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Jesus. He'd be looking but like from, Blake out there. But from the end of April till early August, you guys, this is the, we're the happiest fan base in the league. Uh, yeah, you, you just hope that, you know, the, of course, it all just, as I as I already mentioned, just hinges on the, the, the offensive line. You hope that Norwell can live up to that, that contract and just keep Foles upright, give him time, open up gaps for Leonard Fournette, you know what I mean? So, oh boy, it, it's, it's, it's looking, you know, on paper, it looks better. Yeah, it, looks better. It, it, it looks, it looks better. And um, the question is, how yeah. much better is it, though? Exactly. And, you know, you really don't know until you you throw it out there and, you know, you see what works and 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 what doesn't work. You know, in a few weeks, we'll you know, or when training camp opens in a, in a month or so, we'll we'll talk about how great the team looks and how everyone's gelling. And then we'll, we'll get out there and in game action and we'll be like, well, this didn't look like what we saw at all. <laughs> so. Yeah, I remember last training camp, me, you and Boogie. Well, the one that me, you and Boogie went to. You came on the podcast like that day or the next day. You're like, man, yeah, man. Tell them, uh, Tave and Brian looks real good, man. I was like, is this the same feel from earlier this year? And, and then, like, like that I was the last seen. good thing you had to say about him. It's like the last time I ever mentioned his name. And speaking of, you know, those players on injured reserve, I'm pretty sure you and I were on injured reserve by the time the end this season was over. So we <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Hopefully, you know, we will get some more. And really, it's all about luck because everyone's playing hurt at the end of the year. That's it's true. who's on that injured, you know, on that injured list when it is all said and done but hey guys you know that's we just wanted to touch on the offensive side of things here probably next episode we'll go on the defensive side and hopefully we'll have some more stuff to talk about 
and pertaining to this Telvin Smith situation, which, of course, stay tuned to the Jaguars Wire for all of the up-to-date news with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, we just wanted to get those things out of the way. And once more, we absolutely wish the best for Telvin and his family. We hope that he gets well and to see him back very, very soon. But Jay, what do we got coming up on the site? You know, I know we're, we got some really, really fun projects that we hope to get up and running here very soon. Speaking for myself and Eric at the Wait For It podcast, we have Megacon coming up next weekend in Orlando. Jay, I really hope you're able to join us on that and hopefully we can bring you guys some really, really cool content from that. But uh, as far as the, the site and what you got going on, Jay? Um, what, what what do you want to What do you want to talk about? And then we will we'll get out of here. Yeah, man. Um, I got to continue. I got all of the information on the rookie picks up. Uh, I, I guess I could do a little bit more on there. I didn't really mention a lot of their contract specifics, so uh, I might do a little something on their contract specifics, which. Again, like they don't get paid a huge amount, you know, but still we can get some up on there for all of you figures, guys. Um, We're going to talk more on the Telvin Smith situation, just like we talked about what the Jags can do to, you know, basically replace him or make do without him, at least for a year or whatever the case may be. I'm going to put a written format of that on the Jaguars wire either tonight or tomorrow. So we got more of that. Uh, coming up hopefully i want to try if this podcast is short enough to get this up tonight as well and add that to the list of content for tonight so um yeah that right now that's pretty much all i got and uh you know some stuff on our rookies coming up rookie mini camp friday saturday and monday or friday saturday and sunday i'll have some stuff up on that um if you all go to google and search jaguars rookie mini camp i did it myself this is how i know uh, a majority of the articles will be by the Jaguars Wire. So we got that all covered for you and we'll have more uh, heading into the weekend. So that's it. And, you know, one more thing I wanted to mention. Hopefully you guys are still uh, have not stopped listening at this point, wherever you're whatever you're listening. on. <laughs> but one thing, um, this was a tweet from Joel Curry, who I believe does salary cap articles for CBS Sports. Somebody asked him about how this Telvin Smith situation affects the cap. So assuming he does not have a change of heart, you know, and decides to come back um, the nine point seven five base salary will not be paid in the five five million dollars in guarantees should be voided uh, the jaguars will get 9.75 million in salary cap relief and of his eight hundred and ten thousand dollar signing bonus would not be recaptured so as far as the money side of things with the jaguars it, you know, if, if telvin decides to go this route um we will free up some money which may be able which which may you know give them the means to bring in somebody to fill in that role even if it is temporary so i didn't mean to bring that up earlier but that was yeah, the, that, you, that's a good point by the way uh while you mentioned that because this has been a big topic uh about the jaguars or surrounding them is yannick and gakwe that money could be used to pay yannick as well so we'll see we will see indeed well hey guys that is it for us um thanks for joining us here in the Jags Den. Of course, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Jags Den Podcast, the Jaguars Wire, and of course our Facebook page as well. Make sure you give Jay a follow at SportsGrind underscore Don, our colleague Jacob at underscore J Della, myself, Phil the Filipino, F I L I P I N O. Smash that like button on iTunes, Stitcher, or Heart, whatever it is. iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and of course the Audio Boom Network via usa today we really appreciate all the support you guys keep uh, make sure you stay tuned for all up-to-date jacksonville jaguars news you guys stay safe and we will see you next time